keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to WrestleRoast. I am your host, Dan St. Germain. I'm here with Robert Karpolis. Um, We're excited. We have a big show, big show today, but I just wanted to start off by saying I have a new horror podcast called The It Couple, uh, where my wife and I review horror movies, episodes with Henry Zabrowski, where we review Hereditary, and Alana Glazer, where we review uh, Shining, are up right now they're also on youtube and all major podcast platforms and next week i will be uh in uh in beverly massachusetts my friends uh doing some comedy doing stand up there um so yeah man check me out i'm here with robert Carplus, who i got to see last weekend in fort lauderdale aka dania beach whatever the fuck um, I was opening for Dan Soder. I, I got to meet a couple forbidden dorks too. Uh, Robert, it was great to see you. It was uh, it was great getting to see you. It was great getting to uh, see Dan Soder in person. He he's done the show before, but uh, just good guy all around. Uh, big big fan of his. And then to round it out, I uh, saw Mike Lawrence this week. He was down at the Dania Improv. The official comedy club of Wrestle Roast, apparently, uh, he was opening for uh, Pete Davidson. So it was uh, it was great to get to see Mike and grab some food with him. Yes, and by the way, that comedy club is off Cabot. Um, and also follow me on Instagram, guys. I gotta trying to build that up. Um, but we got a lot of a lot of news to talk about. First off, I want to apologize at the very end of this episode after High Spot Low Spot, we were going to do a roast of John Moxley, and then after I wrote my jokes, Robert informed me that we did this on Patreon a couple months ago which I completely fucking forgot about. Uh, but I have new Moxley jokes, so I will be doing those at the end of the podcast, and Zach will be uh, intercutting our Moxley jokes from the Patreon. Uh, so it gives you Let idea. me try to phrase this a little a little bit more judiciously uh, for you guys here. Uh, Dan put this together. like, I ran a roast Moxley. I sat down to go start writing a Moxley joke, and I'm like, why does this joke feel so familiar? And I realized, oh, I'm a hack. I already did this joke because we roasted him back in March. So this, for those of you who are not Patreon members, it's a little preview of what you would be getting if you were on the $5 Patreon tier. We do extra roasts on there. We roasted Moxley. You'll get to hear it at the end, except Dan's brand new jokes here because, you know. Did I do it, though, or no? Yes. Oh, jeez. I want to hear – We no, we want to hear the extra Moxley jokes, especially because – if they're ones you did, like, we have a history of this, guys. We did Bash at the Beach 96 for the Patreon twice. Um, and uh, Scott will be adding his section to the uh, to the podcast. Uh, he is not recording us. He's been having a little bit of recording difficulties. Um, which you guys have not noticed, and those of you who have have been super nice and polite about it on the Facebook group. Thank you all. <laughs> well, we got a big show. Just to pop our Patreon, this week we're doing SummerSlam 1998 
We're going to be uh, doing the Roast of the Paul Brothers before that. And then we got a mailbag episode coming up. Um, August 11th is our uh, next week is our SummerSlam review. I'm excited to watch SummerSlam this weekend. Uh, August 18th, we're having a mystery roast, folks. And uh, August 25th, all in Wembley predictions. But before we uh, get into Dynamite, before... Uh, we get into high spot, low spot. Before we get into my Moxley jokes, before we get into our SummerSlam predictions, Robert, big news this week. Take it away. Uh, big news this week. WWE had their uh, quarterly earnings report. Wait a uh, minute, that's not the in, news. In the, of course, it was in the quarterly earnings report. The WWE disclosed that Vince McMahon. Uh, had been served a federal grand jury subpoena uh, and that he was complying with whatever those were. They they have to do that because it's a public company. Uh, anything that is involving one of the officials on there, you need to disclose to your investors. Now, the advantage that... I thought you were just going to talk about how much money WWE made this year. And no, no, with the advantage of WWE... The fact that Vince just got his fucking place raided. First of all, you know, num- number one, um, I don't want to know what those investigators found in Vince's home. I'm guessing just a lot of empty creatine bottles, muscle milk, uh, <laughs> all those uh, Ico Pro stuff, all the Ico Pros, all those sweatshirts where he would like kind of like yoke them, like cut off the uh, the neck <laughs> to make himself look bigger, uh, and then those super tight referee shirts. Um, so no, the, the the reason this came to light now and not when it actually happened is WWE had to publicly disclose it. And it's folded into the whole, hey, investors, we just made $215 million for the city of Los Angeles for WrestleMania. Look at how great we are. We're printing money. Vince is a terrible person and being investigated. More importantly, we signed a Slim Jim contract. Uh, hey, folks, um, innocent until proven guilty. They haven't found anything. They so that's the other part of this, yeah. yeah they had they, an internal they, investigation where he was cleared by WWE. Yeah, the the invest. We don't know the facts of why they're actually looking into what Vince did or did not do. Um, he probably did it, but who are we kidding? Uh, he'll get off the the fact that he went. He's on medical leave he now. Got off for, all right, he know. Hey, and cost him what eighteen million bucks. Um, I know, as as he's, guys. I know a place in Newark way cheaper. All right. Uh, I was going to say there's a place in Yonkers uh, that I went to with Tommy Dreamer once. That never mind. Um. Anyway, that Vince, poor, poor masseuse. That's uh, that's what the the girl that Vince was with said. Uh, it was a tanning bed. It was a tanning person, masseuse, whatever it was. Oh. Vince has a, a string of broken people, some of whom are on the Divas page on WWE.com. But uh, at the at the end of the day, the the fact that he had the the back surgery. Uh, was coincidental, not like when he had the steroid trial and he had the neck brace on because like, oh, I had neck surgery to make him look sympathetic. Um, there is no trial. There is no uh, – they did this – we don't know what the next step of this investigation is. If there was going to be any sort of trial or any sort of court appearance, it's going to be a long way off. He's on medical leave right now for his back, uh, which uh, is hurt from carrying this fucking company – uh, solely on his shoulders. So he let Hunter run it for a couple of months and the internet was happy and we can't have that, guys. We just... A couple a couple thoughts, Robert. Number one, I mean, if I'm the masseuse, I'm like, look, 
Tommy Dreamer, I'll let you put it in my ass. I just don't want to hear about your food with Raven for the 10th fucking time. And I do think that both Vince and Johnny Ace, I don't think it's going to get to this, but I do think they would do pretty good in prison. Like, Vin, like they would fucking, all all the guys would love Vince because he, he would come in with the fucking, I, I created, you know, the Attitude Era cachet. And Johnny Ace would just like befriend a guy named Murder and be like, fucking good Murder, you know? Well, no, Vin, yep. Vince would start wearing the do rag like when he was ECW champion. Yeah, he would, be great uh, like he, he would he would turn into Jeffrey Tambor from Arrested Development. Like he'd be running that place. Uh, or uh, never mind. I was gonna I was gonna mention Barry. Isn't that but I don't Tobias? Know how... Is that Tobias or I, I've I've finished? No, Tobias. Right. Tobias was uh, David Cross's character. No, but uh, I thought Tobias was the one who was running prison. But it was it was Jeffrey Tambor's character. He, it's the that was the whole impetus of the show was that he went to jail well, for. I know, I know that, but I thought but that... yeah, no, he was in prison. He was wearing a do rag, and he's like, "I'm having the time of my life." Um, anyway, here on the Arrested Development podcast, uh, podcasting development that'll be that'll be my new one. I'll do with Dan's wife. Her and I'll just go back and watch all the old episodes of Arrested my Development. My wife. I'm sorry. You you can join too. Um, anyway, we'll see if anything winds up coming. Of it, my guess is if WWE internally did not find anything especially damning to oust him, at which Nick Khan has no loyalty really to Vince McMahon. I mean, his goal is what he's done. Get in there, get the company sold. Uh, more importantly, get his nephew as much DJ work as possible. Get his D- get his nephew DJing work, get a new TV deal, and then like get the fuck out of wrestling and go do something slightly more reputable. Uh, like, I don't know, invading third world countries. So I can't think of what, what may be slightly more reputable than working for the WWE. So if there was a reason to fully oust Vince, they would have, but they didn't. He's still there. Curious. What, if anything will come of this, the fact that he did not immediately go out in handcuffs means they did not find the hooker's body. So things are going to be great for SummerSlam guys. It's going to be a hell of a show. They finally uh, found Katie Vick, guys. Oh, that's uh, gross. Thank you. You're welcome. Long Island Zero Killer got his place raided too this past uh, past week. So yeah, but that guy was a shitty booker. Yeah, he was. He wasn't. No long term booking plan. Um, but folks, we got to get to. Uh, get no, to- we're talking about AEW Dynamite later. Uh, uh, it's more uh, summer predictions. We got a big show. First off, I'm really excited because I get to watch SummerSlam uninterrupted. I don't have a show this Saturday night. I'm going to be watching it on a couch, big-ass screen TV. My wife is going to be watching it with me. Maybe my wife and I will record a Patreon, as if I haven't put enough pressure on this marriage. Um, but we have a uh, we have a big show. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You've said big show like six times at well, this point. Know, like, is Paul White our surprise guest? Yeah, it's I'm like Michael excited. Cole. SummerSlam Battle Royal that was announced. There is some controversy uh, because they're not doing the uh, Becky Trish match. They're saving that for Winnipeg, which I do think that's a good move. And uh, Rhea and Raquel, I guess they're not pulling the trigger on that. And I think you can kind of do that match whenever. So I I don't think it's as big of a deal as other people do. I think the two women's matches that are on the card have been built. Do you disagree with that, Robert? So I kind of, I do just because... Number one, um, I think Becky is a big enough star that 
you want to have her represented on the SummerSlam card. And this Trish storyline, which has not been very good. Uh, it's been all right. I actually think it's been okay. This is coming from a man who doesn't watch all three hours of Raw every week without being no. able to fast forward through Zoe Stark no, segments. No, no, um, no, it's it's a it's wheel look, it's wheel spinning because they want to get to Becky and Rhea at some point. So the Rhea uh Raquel feud, I get it. It's it was a it's a thrown together speed bump uh to get Rhea, uh, Rhea to something more important, which will be Becky. But the the Trish thing, it's been such a long storyline going all the way back to before WrestleMania that it should have had a proper payoff. The internet's all mad and angry that, you know, we want Becky. We know the Becky Trish match was not going to be very good. Trish is limited in what she can do. They did have an Uh, okay match at Night of Champions. They did. They got something out of it. And the fact of the matter is the SummerSlam Battle Royal that they added in there, I wasn't joking when I talked about the Slim Jim thing. It is the single largest sponsorship deal WWE has ever signed. And having worked in sponsorship activation before, I understand how important that is. And branding this the Slim Jim Battle Royal in the same way they did the Mountain Dew match that was goofy or that uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch match at WrestleMania, you want to make your money. And if this is going to make you more money, it's more important than the Becky Trish match, which was not going to sell you in any additional tickets because I think this thing is sold out. And no one was tuning into the to SummerSlam just to see this match. So I don't think there is a major risk there other than Becky being upset, which in turn may make Seth upset. We'll see how that plays out. Hopefully they use this to sell more tickets in Winnipeg and, you know, pack that place. Unlike why do you disagree with me? I just disagree with you. And that I think that I, I see the anger and justification of it, that I see both sides. I see why you want Becky on here. I think this should have been on SummerSlam. I get why they ultimately made the decision. Uh, if I were Vince and, and I wasn't being indicted, uh, I would have absolutely found a place for this on the card. Well, Vince is also recovering from freaking spinal surgery, which must be. I mean, the good thing is the pills that he's getting right now. Who, buddy? Those are going to interfere with the pills he's already taking on a daily basis. So, yeah, maybe he just becomes like he just is able to levitate. Um, this is uh, the Swim Gym Battle Royal. For, L.A. Knight's got to win this because L.A. Knight is the the greatest spokesperson for Slim Jim, like him just going, snap into a Slim Jim, yeah, and then biting it, where he bites it, and then he says, yeah. Hey, man, uh, you got a, you got a multi-million dollar campaign right there. So I'm going to go with LA Knight just because when I think of, uh, when I think of sponsored battle royals, especially from cured, from the cured meat perspective, I'm going to go with LA Knight, Robert. If we're positioning this that the winner of the Battle Royal becomes the new Slim Jim spokesman and you go with anyone other than Otis, you don't know what you're doing. Uh, You want a big fat guy that can just yell, oh, yeah, and then bite into the Slim Jim. He's the living embodiment of Kool-Aid, man. Uh, From that perspective, it'd be fun. Yes, I think you have to give it to L.A. Knight. He is the Internet's like boyfriend right now, and they all want him to get this. And what's funny is I don't know if you've seen this like. Shawn Michaels, a couple other folks this week, uh, Rollins, have all praised L.A. Knight in the most backhanded way possible of like, man, he's bringing back that Attitude Era vibe of he really knows how to get himself over. Not that he's a good wrestler, not that he's a good promo, just that he's making the most with what he has and he's a shameless self-promoter. I admire the hell out of those guys for 
towing the company line of we got to praise this guy that apparently nobody backstage is a big fan of, uh, but we don't want to really piss off the internet and then lead to a four-hour pay-per-view where they're chanting for LA Knight. Because guys, if you chant for LA Knight, they're going to give you LA Knight and you're going to realize, oh, this guy's uh, not very good. You Backstage people aren't a fan of him? Seems to be the the case. He's he's not great at navigating the political waters. He's rubbed some people the wrong way. Um, I've heard that's bullshit too, though. I've heard too. You hear both sides of it. It's it's the fact that, that narrative is out there means it's either true or people are trying to torpedo this guy, which also means something's odd because WWE is again all about just money making machine. Uh, and if LA Knight's going to make them money, they'll find a way to use him. But the fact that he wasn't on a couple of events. He's only been on Money in the Bank. He's only premium live event he's been on. And even his position on these shows has not been great. It's not like he won the U.S. title tournament. Instead, it's Santos Escobar. Yeah, I think that could have been a mistake. But, uh, but, uh, no, because then you, you really want to see Austin Theory versus LA Knight? No, I don't. I mean, that's the problem. The problem I mean, is LA Knight is right now a more not that in great shape. of a wrestler. He's not that he's not he's an in shape Bray Wyatt. He's a great idea and concept that people want to cheer, but when the bell rings, it's not well, great. We forget Bray was pretty good when he had the weight off him. You know, like that match again. Yeah, that was it was against Daniel Bryan. So it's like, how can you look bad with Daniel Bryan? But he was against Cena and he had a he had a good showing with Cena, like yeah, but that's like five, six years ago. I'm talking know, about it like is. Re- in the recent, you know, world. Guys have good matches. L.A. Knight, when he was Eli Drake, was a standout and impact. But at that point, it wasn't that hard. He was the only guy who felt like he was captivating on a fairly flat and boring show. Now here he is in WWE. And like Kevin Nash is like, yeah, he's just kind of ripping off the rock. He's at least a more in shape Ricky Starks. I'll give him that. Meow, Robert. Meow. Speaking of meow, a meow rules match. Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. MMA rules. I'm a little disappointed because I don't think they're going to bring back the Lions Den for it. But for Shayna's sake, uh, that's a plug for our SummerSlam 1998 show. Ken Shamrock versus Owen Hart. But I'm actually a really fun match in a Lions Den. Yeah. Um, probably the second best match of that show, actually. But, um, yeah, Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. I, I do understand why you want to do it in the ring because you want to have that Shayna win. If Shayna makes Ronda tap out, and Shayna deserves this man. She's been working her ass off. She's got a great character. She's gotten better on the mic. Her matches are uh, are a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I, I, I like Shayna a lot. And I think it will be a big win. You know, the only problem is... Well, you kind of have to turn her baby face, right? Because she is a baby face now. She is a baby face now because, I mean, then you get, you, you get, um, that's how you know I haven't been watching Raw. <laughs> then you get her either on the hunt for, for Rhea or I assume Charlotte, the way this is going. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be Shayna. And I think she's going to, uh, I think, I think Rhonda's going to do the favors for her, man. I think she's going to, I think she's going to tap out. Robert? Yeah, uh, Rhonda's absolutely going to leave, go out on her sword. She's doing this for Shayna Baszler. The video packages they did on Raw for this 
were different than what you've seen WWE do. It did have a UFC feel to it. They were kind of blending reality and storyline. They were using footage from UFC and from other MMA stuff. They were telling the story. And Shayna Baszler is great at those kind of fighter interviews where you're sitting down as opposed to putting her in front of a live crowd. So they're figuring out how to spotlight her a lot better. I hope they leverage this a little bit more going forward with some of these some of these people. Uh, Production-wise, it looked great. Uh, the story, the narrative here of, you know, the real-life friends, but, you know, you're all my friend because you're exploiting me and you used me to get in WWE, whatever that may be. Uh, Shayna winning here and winning slightly strong will make her a good potential contender for uh, Rhea going forward, and it can't hurt to have that. There, there's, uh, it, it's really going to be, uh, I mean, any of these matches I think could be matched. Well, besides the SummerSlam Battle Royal, I think almost any match on this show could be match of the night. Because next we have Gunther versus Drew McIntyre, a singles match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Gunther has obviously been on fire, uh, cutting great promos on Raw. I love Ludwig Kaiser. Uh, the big question here, is Vinci going to screw Gunther? I don't know if you take the title off Gunther, but... You know, like, what do you do with Drew? If Drew loses the IC championship what and, and you don't have Cody as WWE champion, I don't know what you do with the guy right now. Um, but I'm going to go with, fuck it, I'm going to go with Drew. Robert? Uh, yeah, so kind of like the uh, the Shayna-Ronda match where because they're friends, they're going to beat the fuck out of each other in that Triple H Shawn Michaels way. Drew and Gunther, coming from that European style. Are, are they friends backstage? I don't think they're enemies, but I was going to, it's more the fact that even at WrestleMania, like you're coming from that European style there, it's going to be a very stiff match and they're going to want to make it look good. Like Drew is motivated. He has something to prove. I think he can lose here in some way, shape or form. Uh, and this be the catalyst for him to have a heel turn because they need a top tier heel outside of judgment day on raw. It can't hurt to have drew in that position or, if somebody winds up winning the the title as a as a heel, we'll talk about it later. Uh, Drew is a good first contender to throw at them, so I think keep the title on Gunther. Let that let let that that reign continue. And my ultimate goal is Gunther versus Cody, while Gunther still has the Intercontinental title. Uh, let's see what happens. Or, or Gunther, Seth, and then have him win both belts. I don't know, it'd be fun. Well, next up, we have Ricochet versus Logan Paul. This is apparently opening the show. I was able to catch their segment on Raw. Uh, I think Ricochet is slowly getting to be a better promo, very slowly. Um, I don't understand why Logan Paul just said, "I'm." he said like he added too many words when he just going to say, I'm going to make your girl call my name. That that, that should have just been the line, but they kind of added a couple words to it, so it didn't, didn't stick in the same way. I, I do think the match is going to be really good. Again, this could walk away with match of the night. I mean, Ronda and Shayna could, you know, like like I said before, I mean, seven out of eight of these matches, I think could walk away with, with match of the night. I'm personally really excited. Uh, obviously, Logan Paul is going to win. Uh, Robert? Yeah, I think this will be an absolute blast. Um, Ricochet is very, very talented at what he can do. Even on Raw, where 
I talked about this in something of sports entertainment with plug for the that Patreon ten dollar tier. Uh, you know, Ricochet was doing those moves in shoes that were not very forgiving. So even with a little bit of the slip that was going on there, he was doing great. The stuff that they did at the Rumble looked really good. Obviously, that Money in the Bank spot could have been better, but pretty good for us. They still pulled it off really, really well. Yeah, Um, and talking about that, and Logan Paul wants to just go out there and have an insane match, and Ricochet is very good at having an insane match. So I think this is a good dance partner. It's a great way to open SummerSlam. I know Logan wants to lead to get to his brother's fight or something like that, but yeah, I think Paul it's going to be a blast. Um, and yeah, I think I think Logan Paul will win. Oscar versus Charlotte Flair versus Bianca Belair, a triple threat match for the WWE Women's Championship. I mean, it doesn't seem like they're going to turn Bianca heel yet, right? Because, I mean... You have Charlotte, who's like, just every time they turn Charlotte face, it's always a fucking disaster, right? It never works. So, but I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I think Bianca needs to turn heel. But I, I think it's going to be Charlotte, just because they're going to want her. I mean, at that point, how many title reigns is Charlotte? She gets, she's at like 14 then or something? She's like 46 times. Okay. Um, um, she, who do you got? So, yeah, this will be Asuka, um, just because they have a path forward. You're setting up EO as the next big baby face on SmackDown. She's going to clearly feud with uh, with Bailey. I think the probably uh, the prospect of doing EO versus Oscar for the the title is intriguing because Oscar as a heel crowd's going to get behind EO. If they start supporting EO the way they did in like Puerto Rico, uh, she's going to be able to be a top baby face on SmackDown, and then you can turn Bianca heel. They're clearly setting something up with Lashley and the Street Profits, and Carmelo Hayes, and, and Dan's new crush, Trick Williams, and hey, man. they can, they can loop Bianca got, in. That guy has got the body, the promos, he just doesn't have the wrestling yet. He could be the biggest star they have. I, I think he's got a lot of tools to make that work, and hopefully NXT will help him put that, that together. Uh, but yeah, no, I think Bianca getting cheated out of this opportunity furthering her frustration with the street profits frustration and Lashley. That's a hell of a heel stable to kind of take over. Yeah. Thanks yeah. LA Knight. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he's over because people just like doing that. And does he do that's a fact of life or is that just NWA? No, he does the, the no, he does that on, uh, on SmackDown. That's a fact of life. It is funny to mimic him. It is fun to mimic him. I will say that. Right, but he's he's the I didn't do it boy, and eventually the crowd's gonna be like Fandango was super over because people liked the theme song and they liked when he said his name. And where is he now? He's a nice guy, Robert. What, what, he's a very what? nice guy, but just you know, you always got to put but, these guys like stock and shelves with Publix, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that either, by the way. As a former a Publix employee, like Robert, I'm a man of the people. Hold on. I worked at Publix. I've stocked shelves at Publix. I, I know those yes, people. There are no Publix. They are no main eventers. Seth Rollins. card at best. Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the World Heavyweight Championship. I think it's, I mean, I think it's got to be Finn, right? If you want to tell the most interesting story. Um, I, I, I. I don't know. I, uh, but on the same sense, do you want to make this title important? 
You know, it's uh, it's interesting. I do think they're going to have a really good match because the last match they had was underwhelming. And I actually saw their first, ma- you know, their first big match. I mean, they've had a few, but I saw their match at Barclays and it was uh, it was really good. Uh, but that's the one where Seth got got injured. I, I think they're going to try to make up for it. I mean, Seth, I mean, I'm Dr. sorry, Finn got injured. Finn got yeah. injured. Seth, Seth's a beast in the ring. Uh, I'm going to go with Finn. Fuck it. Robert. Yeah, there's something intriguing about Finn having the title and and Priest standing next to him holding the briefcase. Yeah. Um. It also the, yeah, the, yeah. the Finn. Sorry. Jesus Christ! Now you know you're going you're going in the LA Knight category of uh, just no. It's gonna be go away heat, Dan. You're not in the, just because you like Slim Jims. You're not in the Battle Royal. My, my uh, entire career is go away heat. <laughs> that's yeah, pretty accurate. <laughs> um, until that horror podcast takes off, uh, and then he will uh, be <laughs> rolling in the dough. Anyway, uh, we're not worried about that. What we're worried about right now is is this match. Look, there's a, there's a there's logic to either one of them. The thing is, if Seth wins, it's like, all right, who does he got next? Um, that's why I thought like a heel Drew might be interesting or Gunther might be interesting. If Finn wins, the intrigue is is Priest going to cash in on him? Um, and uh, I I just I don't see them. Changing the title off Seth, it's it hasn't been that long. I think Finn losing, and then somehow after he loses, not letting Priest cash in, uh, not like overtly turning on him, but like a miscommunication or something to piss Priest off further to tease that a little bit, you know, kick that can down the road. I'll go with Seth keeping the title. All right. Next, we have uh, a match. That's all about the video package. If you haven't seen this video package, it's amazing. Between Cody and Brock, I was not excited about this match until the video package. All WWE production teams. I really wasn't. I mean, I was, look, I I really liked their first match. Their second match, I was kind of like, eh. And, uh, but I think they're going to go, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And I think Cody's got to win, right? Yeah, I I said on the Patreon, like, that video package did 80% of the work for them. Because this feud is just kind of whatever, but something that WWE does really well is they know to go back to those moments and almost make it seem like Cody's mom cared about seeing her son get murdered in front of Lesnar. Uh, but yeah, no, this is Cody will win and Brock will go back uh, to hunting and, and, you know, checking on, on Rena to make sure she's still alive uh, chained to the radiator. Yeah. He's uh this is his, you know, off period, right? He's got, from August to 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 the Royal, well, when, whenever the next Saudi show is, he'll probably pop up for that. No, that's right. Yeah, but I don't think he's coming to. What's the next pay per view? Judgment Day or something? I don't know. I think Payback. Is it, they brought back Payback. Jeez. Yeah, they're bringing back Payback. All right, next up, and finally, I should say, Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso, a undisputed WWE Universal Championship. And recognition of tribal chief match under tribal combat rules. I mean, look, man, you either love Roman Reigns matches or you don't at this point. It's it's all these big epic affairs. I happen to love them. You know, I think that they're the perfect example of what WWE does best where it's... Wait, who doesn't love them? Oh, your, your boy Meltzer? People, there's people who don't love them, for sure. There's people... I, I mean, I think the people who... Um, I mean, I will have Kenny Omega and Osprey too, but I think it's the opposite side of that. It's a sports, you know, Roman Reigns is really good at sports entertainment. You know, yes. um, he's, he's very good at it. 
Um, I think Roman's got to win. It, it, I, I wonder, you know, we had uh, we had that two two summer slams ago. We had Brock showing up. I wonder if Randy Orton or Bray shows up at the end of tonight. Could happen. I don't know. Uh, maybe The Rock. There's some rumors about The Rock and Grayson Waller having a segment. I think people would lose their shit if it was Orton. People would lose their shit if it's The Rock. People would be a little bit nervous. I mean, they would pop if Bray came out, but I think people would be justifiably nervous. Um, I don't think they're going to do that. I don't know where you put Bray. Um, apparently, there's also rumors that Bray will be taking over uh, the Judgment Day. So I'm not sure if that's that's going to go down. But who do you? But I, you know, of course, Roman's going to win this. They're not going to. You know, I, I hate to say this. You know, Jay doesn't really. Jay doesn't really need the title right now. And I think that like, if he wins the title, it should be, it should be, you know, the workman's title. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be this title. But I, I mean, I think Jay's fantastic. I do think that there's a, there's a real possibility that, you know, people get behind Jay and uh, uh, people get behind Jay and they, um, you know, they put somehow put him in the WrestleMania main event, but I don't know. I don't think that's why we're attracted to Jay. I think we like Jay because he's a great promo and he's a great part of the storyline. Who do you got, Robert? So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be Roman. Um, I think the, 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 in my mind, if you have to figure out a way to get this done, cause you're doing this tribal combat gimmick, which basically is just a no disqualification match. So you're allowed to use weapons. Solo is going to play in at some point. Knowing that, I just looked it up. Like their next, their next thing is payback and then fast lane before you get to Survivor Series. Roman Reigns ain't wrestling on fast lane uh, or payback. So you I need. I thought fast lane was February. I thought that was. I just looked it up on the uh, on the old uh, on the old Wikipedia. Uh, um, he's not wrestling either. No, he's not wrestling either of those. So you need somebody for Jay to wrestle. So my guess is based on what they kind of planted the seed with on SmackDown uh, that Jimmy costs his brother the title and winds up realigning with uh, with Roman. That Roman's argument that he made on SmackDown last week was, uh, Jay, when we attacked your brother and put him in the hospital, you use this as an excuse to try to get a title shot. Uh, and poisoning that well and having Jimmy realign with Solo and Roman as the jilted brother I think that's fun, and it gives Jay another mountain to climb where you can heat Jay Uso up to win the Rumble and face Roman at Mania based on what you have here. Uh, you've got a couple other levers to pull, but I think there's something compelling to Jimmy turning on Jay and and giving Jay another uh, another person to fight, another, another feud, another deeply personal story, because uh, they have to be very careful. They made Sami Zayn an insane over the top, like baby face. And then this tag title run has just dragged him and Kevin down a lot because they had nothing to do. Even before Kevin got injured, like they just were kind of like, all right, we'll just plug you into places. And they've made the most of what they've done. I think their mania match with the Usos was great. Uh, The, the angry Kevin Owens stuff has been a lot of fun, but the iron was super hot and they didn't strike. I don't think they want to make that mistake with Jay. So I think they're going to lay out a decent storyline between now and, uh, rumble mania for him so i think roman wins but you have a reason for jay to get a rematch down the road all right folks uh i don't know if i want to see jimmy and jay feuding but it, it is a wrestlemania match if they decide to go that way 
Well, it's a, it's a fast lane match or a payback match. Yeah, but then you kind of got a main event with it, right? Okay. What 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 else are they going outside of LA Knight, who we know you know deserves? Yeah. It. yeah. Jesus. All right. All so right. that was SummerSlam. Dynamite or Dud. Hour one. Jericho and Takeshita versus Danny Garcia and Sammy Guevara. Afterwards, there was a Daddy Magic Jericho interaction slash confrontation backstage, which will lead to a uh, Jericho Appreciation Summit next week. There uh, was a uh, Dynamite uh, 200th episode package, which uh, was a lot of fun. They've done a lot of great shit, man. Jack Perry and Jerry Lynn, uh, which led to the introduction of Rob Van Dam, because that's one toy Tony has not gotten to play with yet. There was a three-way between Mox and Penta and Trent, which I thought was great and over-delivered. Um, and uh, and MJF and Adam Cole promo finally setting up for, you know, a pretty hot main event. And I wouldn't have said that a month ago, uh, but they, they they sold it on me at uh, Wembley. That's that's what's going to headline MJF versus, uh, versus Adam Cole. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. Robert, what did you think of this first hour? So... Yeah, the Jericho, Takeshita, Sammy, uh, Danny Garcia thing. The crowd was into cheering Sammy and Danny. Uh, that that goofy dance that Dan loves was definitely over with that audience. It's it. strange. It's strange credibility a little bit that Jericho was like mad that Don used the bat because we know Jericho's character is a piece of shit. Jericho's character is a fucking reprehensible human being who has terrible opinions. And has morphed from someone we all love to somebody we hate. That's Jericho's character. Um, saw Dark Side of the Ring for Bash the Beach 2000. Really want to make sure I'm threading the needle here. Um, what a, we'll what see. a blast that show was. Well, way. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. I want to get to that. Uh, Tony Khan throwing the video package was just, I love anytime Tony Khan's on TV. Not it that he did it. Like, I played it for my wife and she's like, oh, he's such a dork. He's so, uh, bless his heart. Uh, yeah, J- uh, Jack Perry, they're doing the right things with Jack Perry in that they're not letting him talk for too long. Like, I love that vid- the, the thing a couple weeks ago when he was like in the car talking shit about Hook for like 20 seconds, then Hook showed up. Just keep him to that. Don't let him talk for more than a minute and you're fine. Jerry Lynn should never, ever talk. Um, he's not well, a Jerry good Lynn, promo. Jerry friend of the show, but no. Jerry no. Lynn's fantastic. Jer- uh, Jerry Lynn's an awesome guy, a true professional. He knows he's not a good promo. Uh, Rob Van Dam came out looking like equally super young and super old at the same time. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> he's um, like he's like Benjamin Button fucked Lorenzo Lamas. Look, he's he like weed has preserved part of him in like ember. Um, and f- I'm going to be a hypocrite. I'm owning my own hypocrisy here. When they played the fucking Pantera song, I'm like, all right. This is the one time where I'm okay that Tony Khan just spent a fortune on a song he didn't need to spend money on because it's fucking cool to see Rob Van Dam come out to walk. Um, Jungle Boy or Jack Perry hiding behind that little girl was such a great moment. That was a, That's just perfect character development, perfect placement, really, really well done. Um, the Trent Moxley Penta match was a great match. Really enjoyed the hell out of it. It was wild and violent and whatever. Totally pointless. Um, just because it's like we just threw these three guys out there to get to the Blackpool Combat Club best friends Orange Cassidy feud, uh, which is fine, except I'm playing by Tony Khan's rules. 
at Blood and Guts, I'm pretty sure Blackpool Combat Club uh, got betrayed by Takeshita and Don Callis. And they were all in the same building. And they just kind of, all right, we're cool. Like, they went after Pac. They haven't touched Takeshita. It just feels like a weird logic gap that they're going to be mad at all these other folks. And they're just kind of letting that slide. Uh, but well, you know, it was like almost a bizarre babyface turn. They like, yeah, the hands of the elite, and then they just went back to the same shit that they were doing. You know, it's like they moved on to another trio to go feud with in a kind of meaning. Like the, if the feuds are meaningless, you know, it's what we always criticize. Like matches can be great. Audiences need some kind of an emotional something to it. So like putting Trent and Moxley and Penta out there to have a great match, fun to watch. What am I really getting out of it long term? Um, it wasn't long term, but I thought uh, in a in a in a silo it was really good. Yeah, in a silo, it's like, look, I want to put on the most fun match uh, show for the night. So Ring of Honor used to do for years, and it worked for them. Um, the MJF promo, we've heard some of this before about the quarters and the and the Jew boy and whatever it was. Him owning the I'm a scumbag, and now they're selling a shirt for it was really really fun. Adam Cole, Adam Cole coming out and then going back and forth. And then Max teasing the, I'm not going to give you the match. I'm going to give you the match at all in. That was all, that was all really good. Um, I don't think Cole was as good here as we've seen in the last couple weeks. Max did a great job. The crowd loves fake baby face Max. That's a lot of fun. But then they cut to Roderick Strong in the back. What the fuck? Like him crying in the neck but like and then then all of a sudden it's like i mean it's like a story i guess you know we always shit on them for not telling stories i know but this is it's just it was just so goofy and then like matt Taven and mike bennett show up i was like oh yeah they're here like like, that that took away everything they were doing where you're like what does this mean like roderick's going to ring of honor but roderick strong crying is one of the funniest things i've if they're playing it for intentional comedy which i hope they are just fantastic otherwise jesus um and i think yeah mjf and adam cole will be a fun match but again not to be that guy if i was sitting in a production i, I that's the thing with when it comes to dynamite i treat it like i was sitting in a production meeting and i make them have to justify what they're talking about on collision cm punk went out there with a belt and said i am the real world champion he put an x on it i've never lost this title i'm the real champion and then Max just doesn't even acknowledge it. It's like, are they even in the same company? Yeah, I mean, that that that's a problem for sure. I wonder if this just means that, like, that's going to be the title for Collision. I, I don't really know. Um, and they're just going to go back to... It's so funny. Everybody, like, shits on WWE. They're like, oh, the brand splits terrible. You need one world title. And then, like, eventually when you get an overstuffed roster, you have to do it. Um yeah, you can't. Yeah, you do unless you have two strong secondary titles. In AEW, there's the. I mean, the TNT champion is Christian. It's Luchasaurus. And is it Luchasaurus? I couldn't even remember. If it's Luchasaurus it, or Christian it, that has it. Technically, both of them. That's the gimmick they're doing. And Luchasaurus. then Orange Cassidy has the opening match title. I will say this for you know I like this hour one a lot better. First off, Takeshi does money, man. Oh, I didn't. Let, let me get wrong. I didn't dislike this first hour. I enjoyed the first hour. I'm just pointing out where I'm like, I guess here's where they should have gone. But the I matches guess, were fun. I guess what I'm trying to say is I've been very negative on Dynamite the last couple of weeks, but I thought 
Um, Jericho and Takeshita versus Danny Garcia and Sam Vera was, you know, a fun match for what it was. It wasn't great or anything, but Takeshita's money, man. That guy walks he's, in. He's got the good look. He's got, he's a pro wrestler, dude. You watch him. He's a big dude. He does. He understands how to be a cool, silent heel, man, which is kind of all you can get. Uh, he's also got like young Randy Orton vibes in the way that he carries himself and yeah. in his physique. I think he's someone who they can absolutely mold into being someone really, really good. And by giving him a mouthpiece, he's actually got a shot. Yeah, I think I think they could really build him. I, I love the uh, package. You know, we for all we make fun of Dynamite, they have done some really good shit. And I will say this, you know, I, I think if you did, you know, a com, I think if you did SmackDown the last like three years, you would get enough cool stuff. But I, I think Dynamite would have a. I don't think Raw would have the compilation that Dynamite had this week for sure. No, no. Um, I think Dynamite had a lot of moments, but that's because Tony kind of built in a lot of moments uh week after week it's like well we want to make like that was i think why people love dynamite for so long it was every week there was something amazing because you made four pay-per-views a year so it's like all right let's bring in mike tyson let's do a parking lot fight let's do a blood and guts fight whatever that may be yeah there's a lot there's been a lot of great stuff on dynamite um I thought the Jack Perry, uh, him holding the baby in front of them was great. Not the baby, the little girl in front of him was great. Like I said before, I thought that three-way was fantastic. Um, I, I just think Trent's a really good wrestler, and he's able to take, you know, like Trent's the glue in that match. Trent's a better in-ring wrestler. I know both of those guys are way bigger stars than Trent, but Trent's a better in-ring wrestler, I think, than Moxley and, and Penta as far as how he puts a match together. So I thought that was really good. Um, Trent's been underrated for a long, long time. Like even Cena was a Trent fan years ago. Yeah, he's good, man. I mean, it's just you know, I mean, he just you know, he doesn't st- he doesn't have he doesn't have what Takeshita has. He doesn't have that like airport thing um, that you know they talk about all the time. Um, MJF he looks like a TSA agent. MJF is so good at being a fake baby face. He may turn into a real one. That was my note. Um, well, he will in uh, late January when the buzzer goes off and he's number 30. <laughs> is this contract uh, up in January? I don't know when his contract's up. Uh, hopefully. You think he's leaving? Uh, I, to be determined. Yes. An <laughs> hour two. The Elite versus the NWA All-Stars. Swerve and indie guy visit indie guy and other indie guy. A uh, Ring of Honor tag title match. Aussie Open versus Viking El Hijo and Commander and Sheeta versus Tony Storm for the women's championship, um, which had a very surprising finish that popped the crowd. We have a new women's champion, Sheeta, but I also think it kind of still underscores the problems in the AEW women's division that you have somebody who's been relatively cold that they just brought back. And because she hasn't been marred by this convoluted, you know, uh, invaders versus AEW originals thing, people were excited to see her win the title. I think partially just because they want something different from the storyline, but it still isn't a storyline, you know, it's still just somebody the fans like winning a title. So you know, I don't know where you go. I, I do think it was a, like, a little, I thought it was a little cheap. Britt Baker like went after the fans and, you know, like, look, there's nothing you shouldn't be calling like 
tie a Valkyrie fat or whatever the fuck they're doing over there. You know, like if you're, if you do that, you're like a real Twitter, Twitter, Twitter troll. But like, I also feel like she gets the point of like, you're not supporting us. And it's like, well, the WWE fans support the women they like and AEW fans will do the same thing if it's booked correctly. So this really isn't a fan problem. It's a, it's a Tony and it's a you problem. If you have a bad match, Brit, they're going to fucking shit on it. You haven't, you know, like Jesus. And that was a really bad match. Yeah. That's the thing where it's like, you know, like if you have a bad match, we're going to shit. Brit, Brit's a great talker. She's a great character. She's not there yet in the ring. She's not, you know, Mercedes or, or Charlotte, you know, she's not even Bianca, man. She's certainly not Rhea, you know? So I, I thought that she's that not was, Oscar. Yeah. I thought that that was a little bit like, all right. I, I feel like that's a little manipulative for you to say that. Um, it's not Chelsea. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, you know, as as far as the second hour, this did this felt like a it felt like the first hour was like a celebration of of you know two hundred episodes, and the second hour felt more like AEW Live, um, where there was. How a- dare you? We saw one in a billion Sutton Singh and Kenny Omega. That is a main. I can't believe they didn't save that. For all in, that could have headline all in and all out. That, I, mean, I will say, Kenny is really moment. fun at these bullshit matches. You know, like, yes, but it was a bullshit match. My, my point is like there was no reason to do this other than we want to bring the Bucks out there and Kenny and Hangman to be like, guess what? We re-signed with the company, uh, which is fine. And you fed them like goofy folks just to kind of beat them. Uh, it kind of made thing, me- it's like the NWA. These Jeff Jarrett guys like. I don't look, I mean, nobody's going to say that they're great wrestlers, but like, it just feels like, like whenever Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt show up, it feels like there's like, you're watching an episode of the Sopranos and then there's 10 minutes of the Beverly Hillbillies just in the middle of the episode. Like it just becomes its own thing. Even when the elite, even when Kenny Omega is like the best wrestler on the planet wrestles them, he kind of has to wrestle a Jeff Jarrett match. You know, like yes. Jeff can't wrestle a Kenny match. Jeff can't wrestle a, a Roman match. Jeff wrestles a Jeff, you know, a Cracker Barrel, buy two, get one free. You know, if you come early, we'll give you a free hat type of match. I mean, this would have been an impact main event anywhere in the greater Orlando area. But uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of want to see Jay Lethal and Kenny Omega one-on-one just to see what they would do. Lethal, when he's motivated, is good. Man, I mean, this was great when he's motivated. This was goofy. This involved the Hardys at one point who just popped up there. Uh, Hangman, it, it, whatever. It was It was what it was. I liked the uh, the swerve and AR Fox going to Nick Wayne's house. It was just, it was a, it was different. It was, um, a- it was getting the heel heat of like, I just bloodied the kid. And now I'm putting the picture of him and his dead dad in the spot where he was told that his father had died. Nice little touch. It went a little too long. I think it was it was definitely long, but you're trying to make uh, something out of this story here. I'm giving him major credit for that. Aussie Open versus Commander and Vikingo for a Ring of Honor, whatever. It was fun. I mean, they had good spots. It didn't mean anything. It's the Ring of Honor tag titles. Uh, but, uh, you know, Commander and Vikingo as a team is is totally fine. And then, yeah, you were 100% right. The Sheeta-Tony Storm match was good in a vacuum. You had no emotional connection to Sheeta. Yes, she won the title, but who cares? Like, I think Chris Statlander 
winning the the TBS title meant a lot more. You think they're and, working with us with this Jade Cargill thing, or you think she's really leaving? Uh, I think so. I think they're working us just because they put her in the video package. Yeah, you didn't have to put her in the video package otherwise. Um, in the same way they did, like NXT did that with I think Cora Jade, where she's like complaining about NXT and then deleted her Twitter because it's in furtherance of a story. But I think you know Jade is someone they can theoretically bring back uh, at any point in time. But yeah, Sheeta wins against Tony Storm, and it's a way to say like something memorable happened on the 200th episode of of Dynamite. But I don't know who really is like you know you're going to tell your grandchildren where you were when Sheeta beat Tony Storm the way like Hogan slammed Andre. Yeah, they just wanted a big moment. Um, all right, high spot, low spot. What do you got, Robert? Uh, so before high spot, low spot, I just briefly want to talk about because I I find I have not gotten to watch a lot of the dark sides this season. I did watch the bash of the beach 2000 one. I know you did Dan. Um, it's fit. I mean, I played it for my wife cause we were in bed and, uh, yeah, we didn't have sex. Um, so, uh, we really, this, these soothing sounds of, uh, Vince well, Russo didn't you know, get her she's excited. From she's from Long Island. She's like, I know so many dudes who just talk exactly like this guy. So she was getting like PTSD from all the guys. I guess she. Oh, did. See, I just assumed seeing Meltzer on TV and you were instantly ready to go. I was not happy about that either. Especially Meltzer has like dyed black hair, like fucking Cody did when he came back. Like Meltzer is trying to avoid aging, and it's making him look like Dracula. Um, but but has he, she I, ever seen? Hold on, has she ever seen Meltzer before? Because I know she's heard his voice. Yeah, yeah. She hates his voice. She hates. She hates everything about Dave. Like. You know, like she probably like she likes she likes uh, the Wog Island Zero Killer more than Dave, because um, she hates wrestling and she hates it, but she she hates how much I watch it and uh, and Dave is just the symbol of that. Dave is like, you know, like when people hate like Trump because it represents MAGA people or whatever. Like Dave represents my obsession with professional wrestling. Having said that, I think he came off the best out of all of them. I think so. This is the weirdest thing. I think Jared came off the best out of everybody that's, on here, which is true. bizarre. Uh, Bischoff taking the shot at Meltzer and then keeping it in was fantastic. Just where he's just like, Dave Meltzer is not a journalist. He's a clown and he's a, he's a bane on the existence of this sport and whatever. Uh, nobody comes across great in this episode. Uh, it's, it's, it comes across worse Bischoff or Rizzo. They kind of alternate in certain instances. Yeah. Like Bischoff comes across like a prick because it's Bischoff. He's he's good at being a prick. And the whole idea of like Russo baby facing himself was like, bro, we got to make Booker the champ. Nobody wants Hogan. And then Bischoff comes in and is like, it's got to be Hogan. He's got to be champion. And then they have like their parallel narratives. It's like it's Hogan being champion because we have a story we're supposedly telling. And then Russo goes into business for himself. And then Lance Storm kind of hit the nail on the head where he's like, either this is a storyline and it's stupid or this isn't a storyline and it's stupid. And like, <laughs> All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Like you're good either way. Uh, and Jarrett is very good about being Jeff Jarrett and making himself be like, you know, they told me what to do and I'm the good soldier, but this is really dumb. Um, it's a fun, it's a fun episode. And it's also just weird with Jericho doing the, uh, voiceovers on this. Yeah, it's, it's a blast. So is that your high spot or low spot? Oh no, that was just a general, like extra thing I wanted to mention. My, no, my, my, uh, my high spot 
Uh, I'll do my, my low spot first. I had two low spots. One, uh, the passing of Pee Wee Herman. I mean, obviously, when he hosted Raw, was an absolute blast. Pee Wee Herman's an icon. I know that would have been Mike Lawrence's low spot uh, if, if he were on as well. Um, my other low spot, it's a weird low spot, but it's a low spot in that the elite re-signed with AEW uh, without what feels like any sort of real uh, protracted negotiations. I think that would have been better for the folks in AEW and WWE. Lots of money. I feel like WWE probably would have thrown a lot. I don't, I just feel like they were like, no, we're going to, we're going to stick with these guys. It I, didn't drag out. I'm I don't curious. Think, I, well, I, I disagree because I think WWE would have thrown a lot of money at Kenny, a good amount of money at Hangman. I don't know if they would have thrown, thrown money at the Young Bucks. And no, they should. It's just like the radicals. Like you want, yeah. you wanted Benoit, you'll take Eddie and you'll be stuck with Saturn and Malenko. I don't. I wouldn't want the Bucks on WWE TV. I don't think that they have a ton to offer, and I think backstage they would ruffle a lot of feathers. I think they want Kenny. I think Kenny would benefit being in the WWE. I think Hangman would benefit a lot in WWE. But it's also weird from the AEW side where it's like these are your founders and your VPs. So why would they have ever even considered like we're celebrating their re-signing? Like to an average fan, of course they're there. It's their company. It just felt that that's what felt kind of weird. Hopefully when Max negotiates and gets an absolute fortune from WWE, uh, he's not going to be affected by this. My high spot. going to get 5 million together. I don't, that's a, that's a, that's a big number. Um, that's how much punk was signed for AEW, right? So I'm trying to think of like, is, is it going to be in that range? I, th- I think here's the, the pitch for him with those guys are, you're like the, one of the top merch sellers in AEW right now, and they don't necessarily have the same machine globally behind it WWE does. And, and that merch money alone, he's going to do really, really well for himself. Uh, plus the additional exposure and the chance to do more mainstream stuff. Like he's a guy who should be on more mainstream uh, things, which was my high spot. You say that, what, but you know, there was a movie that just live in Charlotte gotten taken off and they replaced with, that Camille NWA and somebody else. So yeah, but that's because that's Jim Ross is the one. Jim Ross is one of the producers on this. The, it's the the uh, some of uh, the woman's wrestler. I can't think of what it is, but like it's not a WWE thing. Well, that's what I mean. I mean AEW have more freedom if it's not a WWE thing. Yeah, but WWE helps put you in good spot. A good spot, which is where my high spot was. Uh, Paul Heyman on first take was that's awesome. Holy shit. So here's so if you just saw the snippet where he takes the shot at Bobby Heenan, where he's like, who cares? He's dead. You're not seeing the brilliance of the moment that what he did there, like Roman Reigns positioned on this show as a guy who. Yes, he's living kayfabe world where, hey, I'm the champion, but he speaks well. He wasn't yelling and screaming as the Roman Reigns character. He was presented as, boy, this guy feels like a big time person. Heyman. 100% in character is selling SummerSlam. But the reason, like the way he talked about the titles, like why he carries around the two belts, he's never done on WWE TV. And it was so well done. It was this title right here is the WWE Championship with the lineage of Bruno San Martino and superstar Billy Graham and The Rock and Steve Austin. That is why we carry this title. And then this title, the undisputed, you know, the universe title that was created. Roman Reigns has made this title the most important title in wrestling. And by putting those two together, he is the greatest wrestler of all time. And they're like, fuck, 
that's really well done. And he does it on ESPN with a straight face where they're not like winking and mocking, like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, it was so brilliant. It was so well done. Uh, Paul Heyman is very good at what he does and deserves all of the monies uh, that they can throw at him. Not the quarters they threw at Max. Um, which I don't know if that happened to Max, but that probably did happen to Paul at some point. Uh, that's how he bankrolled ECW. <laughs> Just every time people threw money at it. Yeah, Paul. I mean, by the way, Paul's really bucking Jewish stereotypes. None of those Jewish stereotypes really apply to Paul Heyman. <laughs> Almost all of the Jewish stereotypes apply to Paul Heyman. Uh, uh, I don't know about losing losing a ton of money. Like that's not something that's not his money. Uh, well, there you go. Yeah. Can you believe it? The Jewish guy more anti-Semitic than the Goy on this episode, folks. Um, Just stating facts. High spot. Summer. I get to watch SummerSlam. Um, I don't, by the I way. I will not be watching SummerSlam live, Dan. Um, Why? What do you have to do? I, I, it's, it, I'm going out. Uh, it's, it's Saturday night. He has a lovely wife, a lovely new dog, kids. You know, you think the guy, you know, is just sitting by a message board with a gun in his mouth, but he actually has a life outside of this, so. Yeah, it's 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 a it's the one it's my secret. Like I don't like to reveal that and ruin my credibility. But no, it's like it was a Saturday night. We're like we have plans, and literally I had that moment where I'm like, do I tell my wife? Yeah, we should cancel dinner reservations with our friends because I want to stay home and watch SummerSlam. Um, and I ultimately decided, no, nah, I don't want to lose half my stuff. Um, I'll have to watch SummerSlam the next morning. What's the most disappointed Rachel has been with you over wrestling? Like where she's just come in and like. Like you could see her vagina becoming cold. Oh, I, I, so after the birth of my daughter, Mm -hmm. um, I had gotten a, a a note from, uh, uh, from EC3, uh, known him for a long time. Good guy. He's like, Hey, we're going to be in town for like an NXT house show. Do you want to come out? So I, I asked my wife, like, oh, you know, I want to go to this. And she's like, well, it'll be our first. And like, she's like, oh, yeah, no, it'll be our first night away from our daughter. And I was like, oh, it's a we. Like, you're going to come with me on this. Cool. Uh, and then we went to, like, this armory in West Palm Beach for an NXT event. Uh, and she's like, this is the first event we've done away from our child. Like, <laughs> what the was fuck? Was it a good show, at least, or no? Uh, yeah, it was a fun show. I got to hang out with Steve Kern for a while. I love Steve Kern and uh, Alberto Del Rio was there. Uh, yes. Honey, wait, I've got to go hang out with Steve Kern. I got to go talk to Skinner. Uh, Alberto Del Rio, you're lucky he didn't like throw her in a bag and drop her on a freeway or something. Yes, exactly. It was him and, and Ricardo Rodriguez. So it was a real just winner's group there. But, uh, yeah, that was the moment where she, and she still brings up, she's like, there are moments in marriage where it's compromised. And then there's moments where the first night we're away from our daughter is at an NXT house show in West Palm beach. That's a block away from the jail. <laughs> hey, Alberto Del Rio's there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, another high spot for me. Uh, I didn't realize that Adrian street died this week, which is a low spot. That's a high spot for you. No, Jeez. no, no, no. But I didn't Fucking realize stiff. he beat the fuck out of Jimmy Savile. who's was like, Basically, like if Dick Clark was a pedophile in England, there's actually a really haunting documentary series about it on Netflix if you want to check it out. But I didn't know like he actually beat the fuck out of him in the ring. My low spot. Also, just real quick on the on the on the agency thing, they did put a graphic up to open raw. Like I feel like if Vince was in charge and not, there's no way in hell they no would have put a graphic yeah. up. But Hunter loves the guy, so 
Low spot, man. And this is more of a low spot for Greco-Roman wrestling in UFC, but Gable Stevenson's debut on NXT. Stevenson. Stevenson, sorry. I got. I break myself of that habit. Did NXT. Oh, that's All I have to say is they cheered Baron Corbin. That's how bad. That is a low spot for the universe. I mean, this is really, this guy, He's a he is a world-class athlete. I was actually talking to, to uh, Jerry Briscoe, who came to the shows on Wednesday with his son. Shout out to the Briscoes. Um, and he was talking about, you know, we were just talking about Gable Stevenson and how this guy, as a as a wrestler, you know, could be the greatest ever. Like, you know, he, he was like, he was like, look, as a wrestler, Greco-Roman, Brock isn't in this guy's universe, you know, as far as how good this guy is. Well, of course. I mean, dude won the gold medal. Brock didn't qualify. And uh, yeah, and I mean, the guy's the guy's unbelievable. So he should be trying. He should be still wrestling, and then he should go to UFC. Man, this shit isn't for him, dude. Um, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. You know, like, but like, I just don't see it. You know, I I just I, I think that he's just going to take these unnecessary bumps, and it's just kind of like, what if? You know, what if fucking Michael Jordan was an American gladiator before, you know, instead of going to the last, you know, the last three championships for the Chicago Bulls or something? It doesn't make any sense. Um, this isn't a high spot or a low spot, but just a observation. The Long Island serial killer could have been a pro wrestler. I don't know if you saw that guy in court. He's 6'4", dude. He's like 300 pounds. I mean, holy shit, dude. I mean, this guy is chilling, you know? I'm, I'm taking a look at this guy now. Oh, my God. Exactly, right? He looks like the dude from uh, Happy Gilmore with the nail sticking out of his head. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, that's actually what most of my fans look like, too. He's a more terrifying cane. Yes. Like that, that dude. Uh, oh, and I just saw, by the way, I just saw a picture of his wife. Uh, she, uh, well, I feel bad. Formidable, formidable lady. This lady, uh, I feel real bad for her. She's also, I mean, I don't know if you know anything about the case, but one of the, one of the reasons that she, um, she didn't like, she didn't like, uh, know he was killing all these women is because she would go to all these comic book conventions. So while she was going to like comic cons, he was just fucking murdering escorts. Anyway, uh, check out Lisk. It's a good podcast. Uh, you're plugging other podcasts that nah, even know, you're into it it's a lot of fun um but definitely check out the it couple if you love horror movies that'll be just love dan puts me over the top oh and- no if, if you just enjoy hearing dan and you want to hear him not talk or yawn through wrestling uh go listen to that and hear how delightful his wife his wife is also equally delightful uh she's fantastic or, or do the dogs make any cameos no well yes they do actually they do oh there you go that's something worth tuning in for and uh i promised you guys some moxley jokes yes so i should do them you should all right here's uh here's a couple moxley jokes and then we'll 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 cut in the patreon moxley jokes and then scott's take on wrestling so i should make you have to do a second bright side of of john moxley i I have a whole thing written which i'm not going to go into but the roast of john moxley he's perfect for the lead voice in a Pixar movie about a trash can that befriends the baby thrown inside it. <laughs> uh, um, I'm not, I'm not going to do all these because say what you want about Mox. He's a cool guy. Uh, those are the cigarettes his mom smoked when she was pregnant. 
He's like Ringo Starr in the sense he's the worst member of a group, and he wrote Octopus's Garden. Octopus's Garden is the chapter in his book where he drinks a fifth and eats out Abaddon. Oh. <laughs> he said that if he didn't become a wrestler, he, he'd become a firefighter because he's great at squashing heat. Uh, he was a member of Blackpool, the club, not the place Dick Murdoch made Ernie Ladd swim. Uh, he... <laughs> He married Renee Paquette in Vegas on a whim because either way, her family wasn't going to be there. <laughs> he looks like a ghost that haunts a coat drive. Uh, he was a breakout member of the Shield, but only when it comes to scabies. Cornette calls him a plumber, but that's not fair. Plumbers fix shit and have a union. He <laughs> looks like what would happen if groundskeeper Willie cleaned the high school in Euphoria. And finally, he's changed his look a lot since WWE. Now the only time you'll see him with a wife beater is when he walks to the ring with his dad. All right. Oh, <laughs> that was well worth a bonus uh, oh, John Moxley extra roast. Zach's going to plug in the rest of the uh, the, the Patreon roast uh, that we did. So you get to hear more, uh, more Dan jokes. You hear Scott jokes. I think I'm on there. I have jokes as well. Uh, and Scott's going to be recording uh, his portion of the show uh, with legible audio that'll be plugged in uh, later. I don't know what I'm saying later as well, so if you're going to like change the channel. Like, you see how long the episode is when you open this up? Yeah. Just keep fucking listening. It's not going to be another hour like Blue Chew ads or something like a Conrad, like a regular Conrad podcast, which, by the way, we are back on ad-free shows, not because we were boycotted for all of the wonderful things we have said about SaveWithConrad.com. But because apparently they were like, yeah, just Dan kept forgetting to email us the show. So we are still here. And if you are, I saw some comments. A couple weeks in a row, folks. A couple weeks. Well, no. So here's the deal. Because I saw some comments on the ad-free shows board. Because I like to just kind of check what's going on there. They're like, oh, we thought WrestleRoast just didn't record every week. Or that they got canceled. Nope, we're there. And if you haven't heard it in one of those episodes, not on ad-free shows, uh, in between, you know, Mike Kyoto's thoughts on pie or whatever uh we're on spotify and amazon and wherever else we want to go well, we were go up back last and... week because we didn't get great ratings last week so then it had nothing to do with that well no because i don't think those ratings count towards the whatever but we love our ad free shows listeners uh they wind up coming over becoming patreon members they're good folks uh and i for all my whatever I listened to, I got found out, I listened to a couple of the ad-free shows podcast. Dan got my car. And I'm listening to the Arn Anderson podcast because it is like drinking NyQuil. Uh, it is so <laughs> soothing. Uh, he he does have a soothing voice, huh? It's an oddly soothing voice and only occasionally veers into his like weird alt-right takes. Like every once in a while, it, he just kind of forgets that it's on. And he's just like, eh, we, we were watching Fox News. And uh, I'm like, oh, no, 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 Arn. Like, just stick to talking about how great 1990. One of the nicer guys I've met in wrestling, I must say. Oh, super nice guy. Uh, very, very nice dude. Him and Booker T. Apparently Booker T and Ryback want to fight each other. And the only reason I want to go to another StarCast is to be backstage and watch that happen. Uh, there is another StarCast coming up, StarCast 6, of which we have not been asked to participate in, shockingly <laughs> enough. After uh, the roast the, of the Ric Flair, folks, I don't think I'm going to be Dan, Dan's yeah. poster is, like, at every entrance, <laughs> which is tough because you look like a lot of wrestling fans. I know, and a lot of retired wrestlers. So, all right, folks, until then, wash your hands. It's never goodbye. Well, let's roast the motherfucker. The roast of John Moxley. 
He's the one guy in the shield you look at and think of car insurance. <laughs> His greatest opponents were the cleaner and the breathalyzer. <laughs> His WrestleMania moment was making sure Brock got to his plane on time. He blades in the ring because Renee won't let him drink blood in the house. <laughs> Cornette calls Moxley a plumber, but that's not fair because plumbers have unions. He had uh, money in the bank until he bought a house from Conrad. Oh. In WWE, his gear was streetcar named Desire. In AEW, just streetcar. His last payday in WWE was $500. Sur cut to Serpentico running in. $500? <laughs> Favorite joke. He was so pissed at the WWE inoculation gimmick that he's decided to give every wrestler hepatitis. He made his debut at Double or Nothing. That's also what Tony screamed when Shad made him choose between the Lego Star Wars and Pirate Ship. Double or Nothing! He's hardcore. There's no hairline he won't cross. He checked hey. himself into rehab voluntarily. When he told the locker room, there was complete silence, followed by Jake Roberts going, oh, pussy, pussy. <laughs> uh, his finishing move was the regal stretch, which is also what we say about Regal when he calls Moxley the greatest. He eloped with Renee in secret, which is a shame because we could have gotten Nick Cage officiating in a needle exchange. Seriously, on Renee's side, her friends and family. On Moxley's, Wheeler, Utah, and the rafts from the Muppets singing Christmas carols. <laughs> and finally, he looks like he eats the food Garfield was supposed to eat before lasagna. Jeez. That's the weirdest joke. I've I'm just picturing, like, yeah, the uh, the the fish bones. Yeah, just yeah, that's it. He's just eating fish bones by the dumpster. Um, all right, Robert, what do you got? All right, the roast of John Moxley. John Moxley looks like John McClane from Die Hard and talks like Bruce Willis today. Oh no, <laughs> Jesus Christ! He's hardcore. He's hardcore. John Moxley cuts himself more than an emo teenage girl. There's more blood in a John Moxley match than that time Jerry Lawler fucked his way through a middle school. Oh, my goodness. John Moxley is the Dollar General version of CM Punk. That's true. Actually. He's, of course, married to Renee Paquette. Renee, there's got to be an easier way to get citizenship. <laughs> Dean Ambrose was the fuckable one of the shield for girls who were molested by their uncle. <laughs> Moxley went to rehab for alcohol, which is like Al Capone going to jail for tax evasion. <laughs> John is in the Blackpool Combat Club. Jim Ross said calling those matches brings back fond memories of growing up in Oklahoma in the good old days, where they used to be at the Blackpool and the regular <laughs> pool. <laughs> that was going. Uh, while training to be a pro wrestler, Moxley would sell popcorn at matches. If you're dumb enough to buy food handled by a man who looks like John Moxley, then you're dumb enough to like the death matches he has. <laughs> he was the Florida heavyweight champion, a feat accomplished by achieving every Florida, Florida man stereotype available. Robert? Moxley was heartbroken when Seth turned on the shield. Yeah. Oh, you, okay. you froze up there for a little bit. Oh, oh sorry. Um, Moxley was heartbroken. Uh, oh, can you, am I still there? Let's do it. Three. What's going two, on here? All right. 
All right, three, two, one, joke. Oh no, he's frozen. Oh no, Tony sent his bots on Robert. This is terrible. Terrible. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> is that our show? <laughs> well, I think uh, Robert is kind of lost in the ether. Maybe he'll do the rest of the John Moxley show joke. Sorry, John Moxley jokes uh, on Russell Rose this week. Until then, wash your hands and it's never goodbye. All right, let's get into it, boys. Uh, sorry about my Wi-Fi lately. I'll be recording separately until further notice, which I think is just next week. I think the Wi-Fi is coming in. The beginning of next week. Okay, boys. Let's do this. Uh, SummerSlam predictions. Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. It is obvious who it's got to be. White boy with bleach blonde hair in Detroit who has solved racism. That's the story of Eminem. It's now the story of Cody Rhodes. Cody, Cody Rhodes beats Brock Lesnar. It's just where the story goes. He's got to beat him. Now, Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the uh, for the new World Heavyweight Championship uh, that Seth has. Seth has to win it because it's a newer title and you can't switch hands. But goddammit, Finn Balor has deserved a world title. I don't, I don't want to say he has. He the man has. Um, and you know, Judgment Day deserves something like that too because they have been so popular. Um, they deserve all the little cool moments they're having now. Even in NXT, they belong on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, anything they make. Uh, but that's why I think Judgment Day costs Finn this. Or if not costs him this, there's shenanigans. Finn can't just lose clean. There has to be happenings. Um, not Seth cheating, but just Finn's life not working out. So boom, Seth wins. Asuka versus Charlotte versus Bianca. Asuka wins because Asuka is better than them and it is becoming apparent uh roman reigns versus jay uso for the acknowledgement you know when you say the acknowledgement i go i want a bunch of old samoans sitting around the ring during this one i want rikishi to finally you know maybe step in and say don't you don't gotta you know after jay loses you don't gotta kiss his foot because you know I, you want jay to win but you still want Roman to have this title that he should have lost to Cody at WrestleMania. But now since you're in this title situation and not just a tribal chief situation, the match has become more predictable. But I think we're going to really enjoy the match and we're going to be excited. And Jay's been the fucking man, the man for, for quite some time. So excited for him and Roman. Uh, Ricochet versus Logan Paul. This, this look, Ricochet... This is a big, uh, I don't want to say a big thank you to him, but if you remember, Cody Rhodes told uh, told Logan Paul in an interview, he was like, you should check out Will Ospreay versus Ricochet uh, as he was getting into matches. And so I would assume Ricochet is helping train a guy as athletic as Logan. I think Ricochet is super underrated. This is a moment for him to shine in terms of... Uh, being on TMZ and celebrity Instagrams and TikToks. Uh, but Logan obviously wins this via shenanigans. But I think Ricochet is going to show everybody what he taught Logan and how good he is. 
and he's one of the best. Uh, Gunther versus Drew. Come on, boys. It's Gunther. Uh, unless this was the UK, I would think Drew had a chance, but it's not. It's Detroit, and Gunther is, is close enough to beating the Honky Tonks uh, reign as IC champ. So just do it, because Honky Tonk is out there. If he's not dead, may he rest in peace. Unless he's sleeping, may he also rest in peace. Um, yeah, Honky Tonk's out here talking talking that shit all the time. He He's a wild one, and so they're going to take that record off of him. Want to take these records off these guys, and it makes sense. There's the guy to do it, he's great. Oh, sorry, true. All right, Ronda versus Shayna. I would have said Shayna, but it's an MMA rules match, and I think Ronda knows that we don't look back at his her career as fondly as maybe we should, even. And so she is going to want to win an MMA match, unless you go, Oh no, she's going to do a solid for her friend. As she kind of leaves the company or something. But it's an MMA rules match. I don't see Ronda losing an MMA rules match. I don't know. Could be good. 20-man battle royal. Slim Jam. SummerSlam battle royal. I don't care. I just don't care. Let it, let it be Nakamura. And then his outfit could be like a Slim Jim or something. Um, and they could ruin his entrance music by making me think of Slim Jims all the time. By using it in commercials and stuff. That that would be terrible. Maybe Otis. Otis could uh stab it to a Slim Jim. Oh, you know, L.A. Knight. You get it. Anyway, SummerSlam's gonna be a banger. I am. Uh, I'm very very excited. Now, let me review. Dynamite. Uh, is Dynamite 200? Look, spoiler. This episode was a blast. It was. It was good. It was very good. Um. Not even on paper, I don't think it was good. It, it, it's that thing on paper. Well, we'll get into it. All right, Jericho and Takeshita versus Garcia and Sammy. Crowd was wild. Match was a lot of fun. Um, this was also when I noticed that the show was being filmed a little better. There were some angles I enjoyed. Um, they lit the crowd, which they haven't done in a while. Probably because I don't think they were selling tickets so great in certain areas, especially Canada. But man, with those crowd lights on, seeing everybody, the old dynamite set is uh, in ways superior to, but showing that crowd, showing how much they like the storyline, you know the Don storyline's working, uh, we don't care about Jericho Appreciation Society, but Jericho's doing his thing, his tummy is flattening, so you know he's prepping for Wembley, it was a really fun match. Um... Then you have Tony's announcement. Why is Tony making any announcements at all? I love the video highlighting AEW. Um, it, you know, it, it is a it is a really cool company. Like God bless it, right? For not just being around, but giving us, um, in my opinion, the best pro wrestling moments weekly. I mean, I really believe that. I think every week since they've been around, Dynamite has probably. More than, more than, I mean, just usually had the best match of the week. And usually the the most intriguing wrestling storyline. And I know you go, well, there's better wrestling storylines. And I think in wrestling, so many people say, oh, it's it's so great. Look what they're doing. And it's just like a simple storyline. Like something we're going to get to soon. 
with uh, Cole and and uh, MJF, where you go, this is it, this is great, and you're going, no, they're just going over things that our wrestling brains are used to, and you can accomplish them. Um, it's not astonishing, it's just really good and fun. Anyway, what the fuck am I talking about? Anyway, this is the best weekly goddamn wrestling show in the world. Uh, it's wild, random, manic type shit. It feels like you're going to see the circus presenting wrestling, which, you know, the circus presented uh, talent back in the day. And I love how AEW presents wrestling. And and a lot of these matches felt that way, where you go, wow, look at this roster. I mean, look, I wasn't excited about Elite versus Jeff Jarrett at, at all. And then you see the match, you go, oh, sports entertainment, pro wrestling, in-ring stories, uh, whether they be long-term or short-term, when they're told in the ring, there is something a little more, for me at least, I don't know, maybe, I would hope for you, that's why you watch pro wrestling, I'm rambling, okay, um, Jungle Boy comes out for a promo, Jerry Lynn, you know, he's like, I can't fight you, right, but I got a friend who can, dude, it's fucking Rob Van Dam, right, and everyone listening knows Rob Van Dam uh, he, okay, he doesn't look great, he doesn't, it looks like him pointing at his shoulders has somehow, like, arched his back weird, so his chest is always puffed out like he's about to do the Rob Van Dam quote with his thumbs, uh, and he doesn't look great, I did love the segment, I love him coming out to, uh, to that entrance, who's that, Pantera, who, who sings that, anyway, um, I, I, this is how much I love Rob Van Dam. I think, I don't even think it's an argument. I think in terms of in-ring work, after like Dynamite Kid, right? Um, I think in-ring where where people's hearts fall into a wrestling match or you get sucked into the progress of what pro wrestling can be, it goes HBK, Rob Van Dam, AJ Styles, Omega, Osprey, but I think Rob Van Dam is in there. Um, you know, you could argue maybe there's there's these cruiserweight type moments, right? The Jerichos, mm, not the Malenkos. Rey Mysterio is in there, sure, but um, Rob Van Dam changed the fucking game. He looked the part. He was the part. He was the whole effing show. On ECW, and when he came to WWE during that innovation, he was the only one to survive it because he was that fucking good. And you couldn't, you couldn't fuck up Rob Van Dam, no matter how incompetent WWE was. Um, so many great moments, so many great matches, and now hopefully we get a little run in AEW. Uh, so, like I said, he didn't look great, and I would have never thought, "Ooh, Jungle Boy versus RVD, I want to see that." But then they give you this moment where RVD is about to be attacked by the chair, by Jungle Boy, and he does the spinning kick, and you're like, oh shit, he could still go. Now, I don't know if he could still go. I haven't watched his matches. I know he still wrestles here and there. Uh, I did see him uh, in upstate New York face Jake Hager maybe four or five years ago, and it was bad. <laughs> but hopefully this is good. And I love how it's not at all in. So maybe we get Van Dam in another match at All In. 
or I don't know, but wow, I love the surprises. I love the fun. RVD is, is the surprise to go with. Um, anyway, even if it makes Hook look like smaller fries, I don't care. Uh, the three-way was anything goes. It was Trent versus Moxley versus Penta. What a fun representation of AEW. These are guys who have been there from the beginning. Newsflash, Trent is the fucking dude. He's great. Trent is phenomenal. I've brought it up a lot of times. Uh, he has a match with Kenny Omega right before Omega fights. Well, it's actually right after the match, Jericho challenges Omega at Wrestle Kingdom. So in New Japan, there is a match, though, with Trent and Kenny that is one of my favorite Omega matches in New Japan. Uh, just because it's so fun to, to watch these guys in Japan fucking go for it. And Trent goes for it. Trent goes for it in this match. He actually wins this match. Moxley does his thing, obviously. He always does. It's uh, very him. But I think it did work with Trent and Penta this time. And, you know, mainly because Penta is so good at getting murdered. And Penta is so good at getting murdered. So I love this fucking match, man. So many, so many awesome, awesome matches. And again, Penta just giving people permission to kill him. Um, after the match, there was a brawl. They announced a rampage match. Flap, 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 flap. The MJF promo was fucking great, man. The tears. Uh, this is a really, really fun, solid pro wrestling storyline. They're knocking it out of the park, hitting all their fucking cues. Uh, Cole coming out saying he was once a bad guy, and now what what Max is going through is just Max becoming the man he was meant to be. Bravo, boys. That's all you got to do when, when, when a heel turns face. Just say they're growing up. You never even do that shit. Uh, Roderick Strong in the kingdom flipping out backstage. That's fun. Also, this all-in main event, it's pretty cool because, you know, to me, all-in should be a card of dream matches. But the main event is, is a, is a storyline-driven match, a strong storyline-driven match. I would assume you'd get that out of All Out, not All In, but I'm happy about it. And I think if you look back at Cole, he got injured. He almost couldn't wrestle again. Now he gets to be in this main event in the biggest wrestling crowd in the world. This is what MJF is giving him, which means MJF is going to ruin his life in front of the biggest crowd in the world. And that's so fucking fun. And I can't wait to see how that um, unfolds. And what CM Punk has to do with the fucking X title. Uh, that's what I would do in storylines. Now that CM Punk has that dumb X title, I would just be like, when, when he finally does get involved, I'd be like, dude, we were trying to run a company. Next thing you know, you take out your old title and put an X on it. That's why I didn't acknowledge it. Because you've been a little prick this whole time, pulling strings. When you don't get your way, you fucking whine. When you don't get your way, you do things like this. You put X X's on things that aren't actually yours. The elite got their title stripped too, and they had to fight and win a tournament to get them back. And Punk's just putting it on an X. That's what my storyline would be. If I'm MJF, I would say, "How dare you? I'm a young man, you old fuck. I, uh, I, I did earn this title, and you are such, such an old baby, and you'll never learn." And that's what I would say to, to Punk. Anyway, okay, then we have Elite versus Jarrett. Um, Every Jarrett match in AEW on paper is, it, it makes me sad. I think it's the worst thing to happen. I really do. I see a Jarrett match on paper and I go, no, why, why, why? And then you watch the match. Every match in AEW so far that Jarrett has been involved in has been so fun, so pro wrestling. I mean, because he's carny, dude. They're carny. Jay Lethal is a great worker. Satnam is, again, carny, just his height. It's fun. It's circus shit. 
uh, a funny sight. The Bucks having to double team a giant was so fun. Uh, see, we didn't need them to sign with WWE for them to, to to try to fight a giant. We got to see it. Uh, I don't know. I love this match. I, so many dumb, fun moments. Omega almost getting sing up. Cutler with the cold spray on Karen Jarrett. Uh, the Hardys, you go, wait, what is that? What, what is this? What is this rampage horse shit they're setting up when the Hardys run out? Uh, Jarrett with the guitar, Omega ducking, Hangman coming out all of a sudden because, all right, too much fucking cheating from your end. Let's show you what the elite together means now. And, uh, it was just so fun. Such a fun fucking match and a good match. And then that promo after from Hangman and the elite and they're staying and it's all very adorable. Um, Kenny mentioning, you know, you'll see a lot more of us and naming the shows that they'll be on and saying, and yes, even Collision, so they'll be there someday and we'll see how that works. God damn, sorry, the show is so good. I wish I could just skip stuff. Um, Swerve and Mogul Embassy, uh, Swerve and AR, they go into, uh, uh, what's this, Buddy Wayne's, uh, like, Academy and fucking... And uh it's dude, it's just so good. You got you gotta see this. I mean this is this is something uh really, really special. Um a knife gets pulled out. Um Nick Wayne is left bloodied, the acting as well as well. The acting is, is really, really uh damn good. Uh AR Fox looked awesome. Glad he's where he is now. And Swerve is the fucking guy, man. I mean, Swerve is so damn good. You have so many guys that are so talented, bringing, like, new, interesting shit. And this segment felt really new and interesting. This is how, like, Matt Hardy should have filmed all of his shit at his barn. This is, I, I'm crazy about this. I can't wait to hear what Robert has to say about this or Dan. If I, I would hope they thought it was great. I hope they don't think these guys went too far because it was not that at all. Um, and it happening in a training ring. So you got to see this happening in a wrestling ring. Just looked cool. Um, yeah, man, come on. Let's swerve swing. That shit was phenomenal. We're the ghosts of your pasts. Like the photo he broke on him was of, of him and his dad. Like he laid the picture next to him. He said, here's the moment you found out he wasn't here with you anymore or something. Like this shit was just so, so good. Speaking of so, so good, besides everything else that's happened up until this point of the show, Ozzy Open versus El Vikingo and Commander. Vikingo and Commander felt like a tag team. They showed you really fun, fun um, double teams. Yes, there was some stalling and stuttering by them. You're always going to see that from luchadors and guys going to the top ropes for the most part. Um, and Ozzy Open looked phenomenal. I loved this. Loved this. What a fun match, dude. What a, what a great roster. Um, and I think that's what this show was. If anything, it was a great display of the roster. On paper, you go, are you sure this is the, the, the 200th episode you want to give? And then you watch it and you go, oh, yeah, I'm glad all these guys are, are here. They're all so talented. Um, and then the main event was uh, Tony Storm versus Sheeta. So they gave him some time. Man, it built the last few minutes. I was having fun, and you know, I'm I'm not I'm not invested in a lot of the women. I mean, any of the women in this company, really, besides maybe Willow. Um, that's something we complain about a lot. Hopefully, they get there. Sheeta won. I loved it in the moment. I just hope they continue forward with it.
in a, in a way that makes me give a shit. This did make me care, though. Get better confetti, though. It's supposed to stay in the air a little longer, not just drop straight to the ground. Okay, that's my time. Ciao.